I think my dad's writing in the wake of finding out he wasn't my biological father, artistic stuff that was coming out of him, I think that was one of the major impetuses for wanting to make the film. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! No, no, tu vas m'exciser là, t'es ouf? T'as pas le choix. Mais tu trembles! Growing up, I knew of Wonder Woman, but I didn't know much about her. I wasn't a big comic book fan. Not even worth state tuition, Christine. My name is Ladybird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Ladybird, like Christine. you said you would. Le César du meilleur scénario original est attribué à Denise Gamze, Erguven et Alice Vinocourt pour Mustang. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I tried being a writer, but. <laughs> I hate what I write. We burn things, because war's the only language men listen to. Because you've beaten us and betrayed us and there's nothing else left. We're in every home, we're half the human race, you can't stop us all. And we will win. Let me tell you about the only female director working in the U.S. in the 1930s. Wait, I think you misspoke. You said the only female director. <laughs> I wish. Welcome to the Filmotomy podcast. Uh, this is a podcast for the Fem Filmmakers Festival. So I am joined by two special guests. Uh, their film, Balling With No Balls, is in the selection of 20 that we will be judging. Uh, and I've got Emma Kreinberg and Nicole Palermo. The directors, the producers, the actresses, the everything. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. So really nice to meet you. Because uh, film is, those that have seen it, and they will have done by now, um, is, is funny, very funny. It's kind of educational, very, very serious topic, but also it's done in a very funny way, uh, and, I, and I really like that. So, you know. Thank you. Yeah, really good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going to chat with you about the film. I think we can talk about female filmmakers as well, generally, as, as that's what the festival's about and that's what your film is about. Um, Definitely. Let's start with just a few questions about what um, you guys do there. I mean, it's by the look of your CVs, you've worked together quite a few times. So, I mean, how, how did you two meet, first of all, and how did you get making these films and these, this TV... I believe there was a TV episode show as well. Yeah, well... Take oh, it away. Go- okay. Uh, we've we've done this. Uh, how did we meet? Talk so many times. It's like a little song and dance now. Um, we we actually were both from Rochester, New York, and our parents worked together at Kodak about I guess nine years ago now. And when we were leading up into the summer before college, we were both going to NYU. They kept telling us that we both had to meet each other, and we both were very reluctant. Who wants to be set up with a friend by your parent? Um, we thought that was embarrassing and that, you know, that there was no way that we we're going to like each other. But we decided to have coffee anyway one day and it turned out we had so much in common. Um, I think the first thing that we talked a lot about was our favorite movies and TV shows. And um, we ended up living in the same dorm freshman year and we've been friends ever since. And we started working together, I guess, five years ago now on projects really consistently. The film we're going to talk about, uh, Balling With No Balls, um, I suppose we should call the podcast Balling With Some Balls. Right. <laughs> without, without getting too... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just um, once. So, 
I mean, it's, it's difficult to ask what the concept was, but what made you go f- take this kind of angle, almost like watching mini-episodes, really? It was like binge-watching, I suppose, wasn't it? Like an entire season of, of a show, but shrunk down. What what gave you that idea for that concept for such a, you know, a really important topic? Yeah, um, so it kind of started when Rachel Morrison was nominated for Best Cinematography at the Oscars a few years ago, and it got us thinking, like, what other categories at the Oscars had women not been nominated in, or have they not won in decades, or when did the first woman win? Um, And it took us down this rabbit hole of just researching and really finding out, like, who were the key women who contributed to film and television history, and why don't we know their names as well as we know some of the men who have contributed to film and television um, history throughout the years. And so we kind of fell down this rabbit hole, and like Nicole said, we both went to NYU and studied film and acting, and these are all people who we should have known, but we didn't. So we kind of took this sassy approach to history and looking at it through this lens of, yeah, it sucks that you don't know their names right off the bat, but here's why you should know them, and here's like a just snackable piece of information for you to get an introduction to these women and what they did. Yeah, yeah I like I like that you sort of you pretended you didn't you'd not heard of the other one, and then you dropped in right. some of the facts. <laughs> you know, I thought it was really funny the, the way you did it, and like kind of like roll, rolling your eyes. And... Welcome to Ballin' with No Balls. Today we're talking all about American actress, director, writer, and producer Ida Lupino. Never heard of her. Do you think the issue then, just, just come off the, off the film a little bit, but do you think the issue, people say it's the industry, but does it go back further than that to when you're kids, it's not exposed, and when you go to college, the course is not there? And I think they are now, but... Does that play a part as well, or is it this industry problem? No, I think it's pretty widespread. I mean, you see it with the conversation that's happening with film critics today, but it like spans the whole aspect of who is looking at film, who is talking about film, who gets to discuss what's important, what's good, what's irrelevant. Um, and throughout the years, you know, with history in particular, it really depends on who's writing the history books. Um, and that goes beyond just film with all of the industry. Um, Nicole, do you have anything that you want to jump in on that? Oh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I think that one thing that we try to explore in the 11 episodes that we currently have out is that it's women in all different disciplines within the film industry. Like, you're... We didn't just focus on directors, per se, but we focused on writers, directors, producers, actors, um, people who were in all different parts of the film industry to show that there is this wide scheme in all industries where you see that for so long because women didn't even have the basic rights to own land or vote. They didn't have as much um, history just being written about them. They didn't have as many stories being written about them. So it is really fascinating to go back in, I think any industry you could look and find women who were doing something within that industry that was important way before it was recognized or written about. Yeah. Uh, so did you know you wanted, did you know you wanted that kind of format then when you 
chose to do this kind of episodic structure with with the comic element. Is that something that you intended, or was this like a very serious project at first? Uh, no, I think it was always on the. We always had a fun kind of edge to it, um, just because that's. I mean, that's definitely the way that we tend to speak about issues in general. Is that there is kind of this. There's such a ridiculousness in the fact that these women aren't more celebrated and more widely known um, that it almost is funny that this is how how huge the gap is in terms of filmmakers. Um, and yeah, there's just, you know, there's something to, we, we've really, in the past year especially, we've rebranded the, our company to really lean into the, the pinks and the fun and the pop of all of these more traditionally female looks and colors, and that's something that we wanted to bring into this project a lot. It's a talk, you talk, is it talking back pictures? Is that what yes. you yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're both part of that. Uh, how, how did that come about then? Um, yeah, so it kind of spawned from collaborating together in college and both of us being on sets where it was a lot of men and we were maybe like one of three women on set or one of the only women and just having a lot of story, seeing story being told through the male gaze, um, which obviously has its place, but not always. Uh, and having to deal with some of the comments and uh, just prejudices that go along with being like one of the only women on set. Um, so we decided that we wanted to start our own production company where we could have a mandate that there had to be 50% key crew positions filled by women. Um, usually on our projects, we hit closer to like 80 to 100. Uh, but we just wanted to make it a men to be more inclusive on set as much as we possibly could. So we started talking back pictures. Uh, and the name came because both Nicole and I got in trouble a lot as kids for talking back. And so we got that nice homage in our production company. Yeah, I kind of suspected, I, I didn't want to like, is, <laughs> is, that, is that what it was? Kind of on your, your, your bio that people say you talk too fast. Right. And, and the, the personas you, you, you portray, as much as it is, you say, it's, it's you two being yourselves, um, was 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 quite like that. You're quite chatty. and So I think it's very apt. Is it a film that you... I mean, if you rehearse something like that, you know, when it's like playing yourself or if you rehearse something, it comes a little bit stagnant. I mean, is that something you just got on straight away or did you have to do it again with the outtakes? Oh, we had lots of outtakes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was a lot of information to remember and to, uh, we actually, it was, you know, a very low budget um, filmmaking process. So we only shot, all 11 episodes in three days, I believe it was. Um, so it, <laughs> it was kind of a lot to fill in and to make sure that we, you know, knew all the facts and that it was, you know, after doing like four episodes in a row, you definitely lose a little bit of steam. So trying to keep it fresh and keep it there, uh, we, had, we had to do it quite a few times. Um, I mean, I think we tried it as natural as possible with the entire process and the format. But it definitely had its fair share of outtakes. <laughs> yeah. And most of our reactions were our true reactions. So yes. <laughs> to someone like rolling their eyes or make face, like that is just the face that we made in response to that information. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely. Was, it was. I, did, I mean, I've watched it quite a few times now. Um, 
and I kind of enjoy it more each time, you know, and I kind of knew the fact. Oh, good. But it's funny. It is funny. And, I, and I'm, I'm certainly going to recommend, by the time this goes out, that, that a lot of my peers will see it as well. Um, Great. So what, what have you got planned next? Is, is sort of on, on the same lines? Are you going in a different direction? We, it's a little bit of yes and no. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Emma, if, if you want to take away the, the void no, pitch. <laughs> okay. Um, we're actually currently fundraising right now for a short film that, again, deals, um, you know, women supporting other women and the question of empowerment, but it's through a completely different lens. Um, we took, like, more of a horror, thriller approach on this one, and we kind of show um, the downside of what happens if women aren't supporting one another. So it's it's a little bit of a different take. It's not bright and bubbly and funny. It's very dark. Um, there's a, a more gruesome approach to what happens, especially in the age of social media, when women are put in this position where they have to feel like they need to live these perfect curated lives online and what happens when you know we start to judge other women for what they're posting um, we judge them for our own insecurities we're jealous of them for our own insecurities and what ha- what happen if all of that jealousy and judgment were to manifest into like physical acts of violence against them Ooh. sounds like a revenge thriller yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's a it, it's a cautionary tale as we uh, <laughs> as we've been promoting it that it's something it's exactly what not to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So what, just quickly before I go to the 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 most important bit, which is the quiz, to see how much you've actually seen. Um, oh God. Okay. <laughs> just generally, who are your favorite female filmmakers? I mean, you know. You can pick the obvious one. So what are some of your kind of favourite films by... I mean, there can be two different answers, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, Nicole, do you want to start or do you want me to start? <laughs> you you go ahead. I'll, I'll think a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you're looking at TV, I think some of our favourite female creators are, like, Mindy Kaling, uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, who are kind of the big ones and the most mainstream. Um, but then you also have, like, Lena Headey and Natasha Lyonne, who are stepping more into the directing space um, and doing really cool things and collaborating and supporting the voices of other female creators like Aquafina and stuff like that. Um, and then throughout, like, the history of film, I mean, you have the big ones like Ava DuVernay, Sofia Coppola, Maria Heller. Her sister also is an amazing writer, Emily Heller. Um, she writes on Barry, and she's freaking hilarious. Um, but I think, like, one of the top female directors for me is just Amy Heckerling. Um, I mean, Clueless was, like, so formative for so many people, and it also showed that women can be funny and self-aware and direct other women in that space. Um, So she's definitely a tough one for me. Um, But I I can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Stab me whenever you want. (laughs) A couple of my other favorites who have really been lending a hand in so many different entertainment avenues have been uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's I mean, Fleabag is incredible, and the fact that it's also been translated into a play is 
really amazing. Um, and then Killing Eve is one of my favorite shows that's currently out. Um, and then Diablo Cody as well, since she's done incredible work in film and TV, and she just keeps having these new, interesting stories um, that are so relatable in the darkest comedic sort of ways. I mean, I, I think both of them kind of have that edge to them where they have this like dark comedic lens that they're seeing the world through and just bring a lot of realism and truth while also pairing that with a, a lot of really unusual circumstances. Like I think, especially with Diablo Cody, there's a lot, you know, a lot of her work. I'm like, well, I can't imagine that that would actually happen to me, but um, she does an incredible job. So um, it's, it's interesting to see how they're able to kind of translate all the different mediums and they're not, they're able to move their talents around into so many different ways. Yeah. And the film, film TV is obviously sort of out doing movies, but the, yeah. you look at how many films of recognizable films, you know, are being made by women now. Uh, it seems like people by surprise, you know, a lot of the big films now are being directed by women. A lot of the independent films are being directed by women. Uh, and the mainstream films now we know as well, Wonder Woman and, you know, right. the, these yeah. massive, massive films. But, I mean, there's different sectors and, you know, they're coming out of everywhere, which is really good. And some, you know, I mean, ideally, is, is it something you don't want to talk about in the future because it, you just want it to be a kind of level playing field? You know, is that something... It would be nice if uh, if in the next, you know, 10 years or so, we see so many more women represented that we don't have to bring it to the spotlight as, so, as much as we do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think it's really going to depend on a lot of the award monies since they tend to lead where the critics and where the public eye is going in terms of people who aren't cinephiles. Um, so the more that we see women represented in the different categories behind the scenes is going to make a huge impact and just i mean we mentioned this a bunch of times in ball with no balls as i'm sure you've seen but there's an astonishingly low number of women who have been nominated for director there's astonishingly low numbers of women who have been nominated or won uh, best picture like it's just it's it's incredible that we don't see more and that it is 2019 and there are so many women out there who are making so many incredible films and it's it's just so many older straight white men that we see over and over again. A lot of times the same men over and over. It's, you know, we've seen a lot of the same people, the same faces at these award ceremonies. And unfortunately, a lot of people who maybe aren't into films as much as people are, I mean, they're, they're not seeing that there are other films coming out that are made by women because they just don't know about them. Yeah. And I think, like, with changing the conversation it's important for it not to just be okay like women are now telling stories with that are like women's stories like you know like female directors are directing like stories about women like Olivia Wilde and Booksmart was a great Mm -hmm. but the next step is it shouldn't matter who the subject matter is in the story like it could be a story about men or about women if men can tell women's stories women can tell men's stories so kind of expanding that so it's not just have patty jenkins directing wonder woman you have patty jenkins directing you know whatever dc mashup movie is (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you think about like movies in the past 10, 15 years that have had a woman at like have been critically acclaimed and have a woman director, but it's mostly about men. It's like the Hurt Locker is the only one that immediately comes to mind. There's just not, there's not a lot of other massive films that made a lot of waves where you get to see women telling all stories and not just women's stories. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a sore point for me because when when she did um, Zero Dark Thirty, Catherine Bigelow, and what happened, right. what happened to that film was, from a journalist's point of view, was quite despicable. It was kind of journalism that ruined it. Um, yeah. And it kind of, like, stopped the ball rolling, you know? Cause right, right. Catherine Bigelow was probably one of one of the women who was going to win an Oscar eventually for the movie. Yeah. But then to have to win it and then just, like, wash your hands of it, like, no, um, was a bad was a bad move. Yeah. And we're still we're kind of back to two thousand and eight again. Yeah, it's like one step forward, five steps back. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really loved your film. You know. It, Thank it was, you. There was twenty films in selection, and this was kind of like the the sunshine of it, really, because there's a lot <laughs> of bleak stuff on there. And this could have been. <laughs> this is very bleak, really. If you, the narrative is very bleak, but. You know, you portrayed it in a way that made it fun and, you know, certainly probably show my kids and they'll probably enjoy it as well. Good. Uh, so thank you both for speaking to me. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Is is there, a, is there a social media account for either the festival or for the podcast that we can promote? Yeah, for both, yeah. The, the podcast is um, at Filmotomy Pod and the festival is at fem film fest i'll make sure that i follow you both from those accounts so you'll have it and you know have a look at the website and it's got the last three years for festival that we did give you an oh, idea awesome. but yeah this is going to be it's going to be bigger every year and until we don't need to do it anymore because it's not a you know an issue of Here's to grabbing life by the balls. We'll see you next time on Ballin' With No Balls. Yeah, because it feels like, I'm not going to rabbit it on, but it feels like because it's, you get this um, identity politics term come up a lot that why focus on just the women? Mm-hmm. And people don't seem to understand it, you know. So, And as a man, I sometimes get a little bit of stick. But oh, you got to okay. think, you're kind of playing catch-up as a female filmmaker. So Definitely. that's why we're doing it. Because men have had the ball for a hundred years, uh, women have you know had it a couple of times and they've been taken for. It's kind of like that, and it's we're playing catch up. That's so we're just trying to fill that gap in history. Um, Definitely, a lot of people don't understand that, but you know, I, yeah, I'll, a lot I'll keep doing. Think it. it's like an either or situation, right? And that's not the message that we're trying to put out, and I don't think that's the message that you guys are trying to put out. Like both should coexist. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if it's every year I do the festival I always think well should I be doing this because I know a lot of female directors don't want to be in the box of female directors and I understand oh, that yeah. I totally understand that but at the same time I doubt they'd want to not get the coverage and I'm, I'm not trying to yeah. save the world but you know it's you know it's men, men of, are everywhere <laughs> well, it's, it's great too that even as you know as we start to see more women in more mainstream positions I think, you know, having a festival like this is also important to highlight and celebrate, even if they're not as underrepresented 
as the years continue to go on. It's I, I mean, I, for one, love to be able to be a part of a community of other female filmmakers who know that it hasn't always been as easy to get a film made as um, as a female as it has for a male. So even if it gets easier as time goes on, the history of women having a harder time to be able to get their stories out there is so important keep to a, remember. Keep, keep our fingers crossed for the second best cinematography nomination from a woman. Well, right. It's, it's ludicrous, isn't it? It really is, but... Because we celebrate them and go, hang on, the first? Isn't this the Nancy first Academy Awards? Right, right. So it's like even... You still have to it's wild. Double take, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's completely insane. The American Society of Cinematographers has had like, was it? I think eight hundred male members and fifteen female members. Like, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's totally unnecessary. <laughs> and then people are going, "What's the problem then with those numbers?" It's like, right, ah, that's, right. That's the problem. That's a good question. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're 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 the problem if you're asking that question. Oh dear. <laughs> Um, right, I'll let you go anyway, but thank you very much. I'll... Thank you. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh.